Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning. We have spent more time on this program talking about the Los Angeles Chargers than the Los Angeles Rams. We spent more time on the program talking about the Los Angeles Raiders turn Oakland Raiders turn Las Vegas Raiders than the Los Angeles Rams. Fellas, we got to start talking about the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. What a performance last night. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Key, I got to start with you here. Goff's numbers were quite something. 39 for 51 for 376. Three touchdowns. Cooper Cup, 11 catches. Robert Woods, 10 catches. They combined for 275 yards receiving. And you want to say Tom Brady's got the pass-catching weapons. But when you look at it, they just had enough in a game that you think they should have dominated. Well, you know, I, I thought they probably could have won this game by 17 points. Uh, when you look at it, there's a missed field goal there. You take away you take away a couple other opportunities that they had to score points on. But you also look at how they – how the game was called. A couple questionable pass interference calls, as far as I could tell, on Mike Evans and Jalen Ramsey. It was just kind of one of those deals where I'm like, okay, can they somehow slow this thing down? But when you when you go back and you look at it, I've always felt like the Rams were a good, pretty good football team in its own right. I mean, they took care of business against Seattle, and I had them actually winning the AFC West. I know a lot of people liked Arizona because Arizona started to play well, or even Seattle for that matter. I think Seattle's a playoff team, but I felt like the Rams is sneaky good. They kind of low-key good, kind of know what to do. They've been there before. They got a bunch of veteran players that was on that Super Bowl team, and they got a young coach in Sean McVay who knows how to coach, and I think that that is key. You put in a game plan to take advantage of the secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you also put a game plan in defensively to go and get Tom Brady, to make Tom Brady basically uh, just a quarterback in the National Football League and not the GOAT. And you saw that last night, a couple interceptions by Brady. I know one, people were questioning whether or not his arm got hit over the middle that he was trying to go to Godwin on, but that was clearly a throw and not someone hitting his arm. Or you talk about the late interception on the two-minute drive to seal the game for the Rams. Jay, what do you think? You know, Key, I would say this. When, when, I, when I look at this team, like this is a team that could actually win a Super Bowl. I know you said that the first opening uh, couple of weeks of our show. And, you know, I was always questioning the consistency of Jared Goff. Now, he threw two picks last night, but still, I agree with you. They, they should have dominated that game. And look at the way things are going to play out. This team, their last six remaining games are all on the West Coast, okay? And if you talk about the way Cooper Cup and the way uh, Woods play, I mean, Cooper Cup is one of the most underrated wide receivers there is in the National Football League. Devontae Adams even said it last night via Twitter. Just look at the yards he's able to gain after a catch. I mean, he's number two in the league with yards after the catch. So if they're able to play that way, their defense is formidable. We talked about that. And uh, the way their games pan out, I mean, look at the rest of their schedule. You talk about they played at 49ers, at Cardinals, Patriots, Jets, Seahawks, and then Cardinals again. Granted, you see the same team twice in the Cardinals, but we don't know how Kyler Murray's doing with that shoulder. I mean, they're in striking position in the NFC that is wide open, it just feels like. Absolutely wide open. It, it certainly is wide open, Jay. And I think when you look at it, outside of the Saints, the Rams are right there. If the Saints have any sort of hiccup, the Rams can slide themselves into that number one buy spot, something that, you know, I don't know if it's this year because of the, the way things have played out throughout the course of the year, 
with everything in the pandemic that the home field is really all that important because some stadiums, some cities, some towns don't have fans in their stadium. So you get the benefit of the doubt by not, you know, pretty much going to a stadium with home field advantage with a loud, loud noise and a loud crowd. I would say this, though. The Bucks, for all that was made up about what Tampa Bay is, Zubin, it's just a, a bunch of names. That's the way I look at it. The Gronkowskis, the Browns, the Evanses, the Bradys, the Fournettes, the Joneses, the, the God, Chris Godwins, the O.J. Howards when he was there. It certainly hasn't turned out to be what we thought it was based on what people's expectations were at the beginning of the year. A couple of numbers for you, Key, to back that up. And you've been saying this for weeks, so let's talk about it just in bits, in pieces. The Bucks right now drop to 7-4. and four. They're still in clear position to make the playoffs, but it gets a little bit dicey if they were to lose Sunday because they had Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs coming to town. And after what we saw from the Chiefs Sunday night and what we saw from the Bucks on Monday night, I don't think it's unreasonable to think the Bucks would fall to 7-5. and five. Then it starts to get a little bit murky. But the one thing that you said, Key, last night, and you've been saying all season long, is Tom Brady is just like anybody else. Despite how great he is, he's just like anybody else when he feels the pressure. Two for eight for 17 yards last night when pressured. There was a stat in the fourth quarter when the game was hanging in the balance and Steve and Brian and Lou were calling the game. It said Brady pressured zero for six. He finished two for eight for 17 yards under pressure. Something you've said, despite how great he is, when you get him up the middle, he reacts like every other quarterback. Well, I think that's the, the key because he can't get out on the perimeter. So if you're pushing the pocket with Aaron Donald and those guys and Brockers is doing his job on the end, it's like, well, where do I go? I've got to stand here and i got to stand, stand tall in the pocket and try and deliver the football. If you just look over the course of Brady's wonderful Hall of Fame first ballot, in fact, it won't even be a first ballot. It'll be as soon as I retire, I'm in there the next day Hall of Fame. Um, you look at that, the teams that he traditionally have lost to, what was it that they've had? They've had pass rush. They, whether it was the Baltimore Ravens, whether it was the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it was uh, 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 the, the New York Jets, those teams, the Giants, they, when they got, they won those games, they got after him. And, and that's the recipe is you've got to create havoc for him and make him uncomfortable in the pocket. He was getting the ball out so fast last night. I'm like, Tom, you got to let the receiver turn his head so he knows that the ball is coming. You just, as soon as he, it was like, hike, oh, here, you take it. I don't want it anymore. Because the pressure had started to, to get to him. And so he started thinking about that, and you could clearly tell if you were watching the game. And, Jay, what do you make of Brady's performance last night? We've kind of talked about it, having an uneven performance. Remember, they got embarrassed on a Thursday night, the four-down debacle. They got embarrassed on a Sunday night. You could argue that was the worst loss of Brady's career when the Saints shellacked him and swept the season series. And he struggles on a Monday night. He's used to being so great on the biggest of stages. I mean, Zubin, this is supposed to be Tom versus time. And I feel like Father Time is definitely winning. And I, I agree with Key. Look, when his offensive line can protect him, he has time in the pocket. He's able to hit targets like Mike Evans. But obviously, when he targets Antonio Brown 13 times, uh, those are quick passes. He, uh, he's trying to get the ball out. And Key, I would come back and ask you, you know, look, he, he was one in nine last night in passes that were plus 15 yards, right? So is it safe to say like Tom Brady, and not that he was ever uh, malleable in the pocket and can move, but still with time and him being the age he is, it just doesn't seem if you, if you play against a formidable defense, if you can pressure him, they're off their game. Like they're not, they're not even close to a Super Bowl contender, it feels like. Well, here's what I would say about 
Tom is 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 if you give him time, he's going to completely shred you. And that's most great quarterbacks. That's what they're going to do. But the moment that there's a little bit of heat around him, he's not comfortable. This is a n- totally new environment, situation, circumstances. You could certainly tell one of the things that he's comfortable with is trying to find Gronkowski. Another thing he's comfortable with is trying to find Antonio Brown. And so over time, I think he'll get better at it. I just don't think it'll be this year. I think if you if you look into the future toward next year, I think you'll see a much better Tom Brady a second time around in Byron Leftwich's offense. There's no doubt about it. So this morning we're asking on the Dr. Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who's the one team the Saints don't want to face in the playoffs? Yesterday our question was, who's the one team the Chiefs don't want to play? And it seemed like the overwhelming answer was the Steelers. But this morning we're asking you, who do the Saints want to avoid? We're asking you that because at this particular point, the Saints sit in the number one spot in the NFC. Oh, by the way, right behind them are the surging 7-3 and three Rams. Maybe that's your answer. Maybe it's Green Bay. Maybe it's Seattle. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's still the Bucks. Be a part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. On the way, the Steelers on Thanksgiving giving us a stat that will blow your mind. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And a reminder, the college football season is rolling along, and so is the latest season of your favorite Dr. Pepper-obsessed college football town. That's right, we're talking about Fansville. So brace yourself for all the -the on-the-field football drama and off-the-field Dr. Pepper flavor your eyes and taste buds can handle, because even though you can't be at the stadium, you can still dress, cheer, and drink Dr. Pepper like a true fan. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. You know, there's pressure in our business. I know regardless of our record, we'd be committed to winning this game. And the Steelers trip to Jacksonville quite successful. They win it 27-3. The Steelers are 10-0. They have an opportunity on Thanksgiving night to bury the Ravens because if they send the Ravens to 6-5, they can bury one of their arch rivals. I guarantee you Mike Tomlin is going to be preaching that. Though we might have a problem on the way to doing that, Perhaps, just perhaps, that was on 102.5 WDVE. The Steelers, this point, have had no problems as we're back on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight to that stat I was mentioning. Listen to this, fellas. Pittsburgh is going to be the fourth team to have an unbeaten record 
entering a game played on Thanksgiving over the last 80 years. That's not easy to do. Obviously, you're deep into your schedule on Thanksgiving Day. They will play the third of three games on Thanksgiving Day against a reeling Ravens squad. Again, fourth team with an unbeaten record. They're 10-0 heading into their Thanksgiving clash with their arch rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Though the Ravens have a little bit of a COVID issue, Keyshawn. At the moment, it looks like Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins have tested positive. They won't be available on a short week when they take on Pittsburgh. Gus Edwards looks like he'll be in there starting. Defensive tackle Brandon Williams, who missed the game Sunday along with Calais Campbell, it looks like Williams is being placed on the team's reserve COVID-19 list. I'm going to just give you a piece of the statement that the Ravens released with regards to their latest coronavirus outbreak. Quote, we started the process of contact tracing, and during this time, the underarmed Under Armour Performance Center will be closed with all team activities conducted virtually. We will continue to work closely with and follow guidance from the NFL team doctors and our medical trainers. The game remains on for now, but it's a short week. It's a big spot. You're reeling. Your rival's undefeated. And now we've got to make this thing happen virtually before we physically see them on Thursday. It's just 2020 again. No, it is. It, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Baltimore. When you, you both your backs, your main league guys, are not there to help you try and tackle a task that's going to be tall on Thursday night. It's going to be tough. And, and I think when you look at it, it was going to be tough with those guys in the lineup because Pittsburgh – is a hell of a football team. They know how to win. They know how to play. And Mike Tomlin knows how to coach. Ben Roethlisberger's been back in the saddle. This is the reason that they are undefeated. They've discovered a young receiver in Chase Claypool. Mm. You know, Juju Smith is there. I mean, it's just a lot. That defense, it's just a lot that they have to overcome. And going up, and and to, to make matters even worse, you're going into Pittsburgh to one of your rivals, one of your arch enemies. You just saw them a couple weeks ago and you wind up losing that football game. So imagine what the Pittsburgh Steelers feel like. They don't want you to be the team that comes in to their house and derail their opportunity and their chances to have the number one overall seed in the AFC. No question about it. Jay, what do you think here? Because as you look at it, at this particular point, as crazy as it is to think about, and this is something Mike T., Mike Tannenbaum, our front office insider, brought up on the program yesterday, and you still have to wrap your head around it. Right now, even though we've got an extra spot available in the AFC, the top seven teams are going to make the playoffs. This year, as the playoff format has changed for the first time in 30 years, right now, Jay, believe it or not, at 6-4, and four, Lamar and the Ravens are actually on the outside looking in. Right now, they occupy the eighth spot. They lose Thursday. They'll be a 6-5 and five football team. What's on the line here for Baltimore? Well, you know, who knows? I, mean, I think they are going to lose. Uh, when they play on Thanksgiving Day. And look, this is an opportunity for Lamar Jackson to do what everybody's been asking him to do throughout from the beginning of the season. Key he has to throw the ball now. You have to. There's no other choice. And I know there's something that, you know, we've been digging into with him. Can he hit people outside the numbers? Can he make marginal players better? And I know we get into the conversation about, well, who is he throwing the ball to? He has no targets to work with. Well, there's no other choice. He has to be the guy. If we're talking about paying him a hundred plus million dollars, I know you won't key, but you know, the Baltimore Ravens probably will. This is the time to prove to the Ravens and to himself that he can be the guy to keep this team in the hunt of making the playoffs. I don't see it happening, unfortunately. And I think the narrative is going to change about Lamar Jackson after Thursday night again. Well, he's going out there without a full cast of his weapons. It's their run first team. And when you don't have Dobbins in and you don't have Ingram in, it's going to, you know, your your offense is going to stall 
to a degree. Is a young man with a lot of pressure, Zubin, on him now. I mean, a, a huge amount of pressure to be able to try and uh, engineer a victory against Pittsburgh who's trying to stay alive, well, not necessarily stay alive, but trying to hold on to the number one seed with Kansas City right behind them with one loss. Now you look at the situation, too, with Baltimore, and you think to yourself, look, we're in a logjam. We're at 6-4. and four. We're not playing well. We're paying Pittsburgh. All of it just sort of comes to a head because from what you guys have both said, you look at what could have been. And I, I, we always talk about windows in sports, and I understand Lamar is a young guy. Ben's near the end. Lamar's still closer to ascending. But it wasn't that long ago that this team was 14-2, and two, had won 12 in a row, and was sailing. And they have just not paid off any of that to this point when it matters. You guys have always said it's about what you do in the postseason when it matters. To this point, to your point, Lamar's very young, hasn't won a playoff game. That doesn't bother Key. It's something that sort of bothers me a little bit. But they seem to have Ruben. all of the momentum. He's been in the league two and a half years, man. But he was the quarterback of a 14-2 and two team still, with home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But he's only been in the league two and a half years. Only. I mean, like... Winning a play is we can go through a litany, a long list. I have more of the problem. I feel like I have more of the problem with him because it's all the excuses all the time, Key. Well, yeah, maybe maybe excuses, but Zubin's talking about the playoffs. And when you think about it, he's took over for Joe Flacco. He took over in the middle of the season and led him to the playoffs. Last year was just crazy. It was ridiculous. They go 14-2, and two, like you said. Won they lose 12 in a row. And win 12 in a row, they lose. That's only two playoff appearances. But you make it sound as though he's been in the league nine years and he's lost nine consecutive playoff games. No, no, I'm not saying he's Andy Dalton. I'm just saying that we're expecting so much out of Tua and Herbert and Burrow. We're going to talk about Burrow here coming up at the bottom of the hour. The bad news confirmed. When we're putting all these guys, Key, on such a quick trajectory for success... I just feel like if you've been in the league a couple of years, if we're going to say it's not after, reality, after though, five Zubin, guys, I love you to death, Zubin, <laughs> and I'll never let you cross that line like people on Twitter. <laughs> That's not reality. This, it's just not reality. It, it took Peyton Manning forever in a day, and I could go on the list, the long list of yeah, quarterbacks. Aikman was one in fifteen. A, a long I got you. list of them. But it's going to happen at some point because if it doesn't happen. But then wait. he's not going to be the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. JD, all right, straight, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, uh, on the way, we haven't had a large sample size from Lamar Jackson. We've had an even shorter sample there size. There you go. Now I like you even more. From Joe Burrow. But Key is already sold on Burrow, despite yesterday's devastating injury news. His rationale on the way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That is Max Kellerman yesterday on his radio show. Big, big story. Keep in mind, of course, the Bengals haven't uh, won a playoff game in 30 years. They finally found their guy, their next Carson Palmer. Palmer joined us yesterday. He said the injury could be a blessing in disguise. They could get a higher draft pick and put more around Joe Burrow. We're going to go to Cincinnati in one minute, but Key, you have said, we were talking about in the previous segment, sample size. you got to wait on Lamar. We're already making proclamations on Tua, Herbert, and Burrow, but you are ready to say 10 games in, I have seen more than I need to see for Joe Burrow. He is legit. He is the man. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't take you long to, to see. Herbert's legit. He's going to be okay. It doesn't take you long to be able to identify a guy that's going to be a player. Um, this is certainly a setback for his career with an injury. You certainly want to know how he's going to respond to the injury when he comes back. ACL, MCL, and some other damages somewhere in there. I'm not a doctor. I haven't been inside his knee, so I, ha- I don't really know what the MRI looks like. But clearly there's some damage that's there. But his performance this year alone through 10 games has been superior for a rookie. A, a rookie. I think when you when you look at it, you have to say to yourself, he is headed in the right direction. And I know how can you tell well, clearly he with T. Higgins, a young receiver that they drafted along with Justin, I mean, along with Joe Burrow to help his future. That is what you do with young quarterbacks. Joe Mixon in the backfield, when he's healthy, they have a strong running game. It's a young football team headed in the right direction. And when you look at it, you have to be able to say, this guy has what it takes. There's no doubt about it. Let's head to Cincinnati. Mo Egger, ESPN 1530, our great affiliate joins us via the Shell Pennzoil performance line brought to you by Shelby Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Mo, good morning. Simply put, what is the reaction here over the last 24, 48 hours to the Joe Burrow injury? Fans are devastated. Fans are devastated. I don't think there's any other way to put it. And it's it's the injury in a vacuum. Look, when, when your franchise player suffers an injury which puts his you know, certainly his, his short-term future in, in doubt and, and obviously his long-term as well, um, that's always painful. But when you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan and these things always seem to happen mm-hmm. at exactly the worst time, it, it, it just it, 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 it's just such a, a punch to the gut. Um, there's every reason to believe that Joe Burrow is going to get back on the field. Uh, I heard Carson Palmer with you guys yesterday. Carson Palmer got back on the field. He was injured in January, he started week one in 2006. I think that's the timeline they're looking at here. But you draft a guy number one overall, not with the idea that he's merely going to be on the field, but that he's going to be special. And I think that's what Bengals fans are having a hard time with right now. Are, are we not going to see the player that Joe Burrow was trending towards being before Sunday? Um, you know, Keyshawn was talking about it. The first half of the season – he was fantastic 
for a guy who started week one as a rookie with no preseason, obviously it didn't translate into wins, but man, you couldn't watch him and not be really excited about, you know, his future, where this team could go with him. And now all of that is in doubt. I think Bengals fans are having a really hard time with it. Who who are the Bingo fans pointing the fingers at left and right? I, I, I think I think what it is, and I, I certainly understand, this team is at a bad offensive line for five years. Um, and look, something like what happened on Sunday, you know this, Keyshawn, something like what happened on Sunday could happen uh, to a quarterback playing behind the best offensive line in the NFL. Things happen in this sport. You know, you, you brought up Carson Palmer, 2005 playoffs. He was injured behind a really good offensive line, but – it has always felt like the Bengals were playing with fire on the O-line. Going back to 2016, certainly going back to the year after they let Andrew Whitworth get away in 2017. And it hasn't been due to lack of effort. Um, They took an offensive lineman in the first round in 2015, 2018, 2019. They've made trades. They've tried some developmental guys. And it just hasn't worked. And so along with watching Joe Burrow play well, it was hard to, to not watch him in the first half of the season and not say to yourself, man, he's going to get killed back there. They just haven't done a very good job of protecting him. So it, it sounds lazy to say, well, he's behind a bad offensive line and that's why he got hurt. But the longer you leave something unaddressed, the, 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 the more likely that it's, that it's at some point going to come back and, and bite you. And I think that's where most Bengals fans are. The inability to consistently protect their quarterbacks caught up to them in absolutely the worst way on Sunday. Mo, you know and I know that the Cincinnati Bengals organization, they like to stick long and hard with head coaches. But let's go back to last year with Zach Taylor, and let's fast forward to this year with Zach Taylor. How do we evaluate him now without Joe Burrow as a head coach? Well, they're going to hand things over to Ryan Finley that doesn't give this coaching staff a pass because Ryan Finley played last year. He played three games. Um, They didn't go well. He didn't play well. That certainly doesn't preclude him from improving and and play well and playing well moving forward. But to me, you are, you are always held accountable for your choices. This organization and this coaching staff chose with a rookie quarterback to stay with a backup who was a rookie last year who didn't have any success. That tells me they think Ryan Finley can win football games. And, you know, here in the second half of the season, we were talking before last week about how now you finally start to evaluate this coaching staff because the schedule eases up a little bit, right? They were playing three bad NFC East teams. The Houston Texans are on the schedule. That Miami game is not easy, but, uh, uh, you know, winnable. Um, I still think you hold this coaching staff to that because they chose, this organization chose to stick with Ryan Finley instead of going out and getting an established veteran to be a backup, instead of going out and getting a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, instead of going out and heck, even keeping Andy Dalton around because he was under contract for one more year. So um, look, I think everybody certainly acknowledges the, 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 the battle is very uphill moving forward, but you are your record. This coaching staff is 421-1 and one since replacing Marvin Lewis. Zach Taylor has no equity to cash in on. At some point, you've got to start winning football games, and I still think that statement holds true even without Joe Burrow.
Wow, four twenty-four and one. Zach, a former college quarterback, well, knows the quarterback position. <laughs> he played in Nebraska. Just with the facts here, Key. No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just said they thought they was getting Sean McVay. <clears throat> so much for that. <laughs> for those that don't know, uh, Taylor was on McVay's staff, and there was that uh, period of time where everybody believed that if uh, Sean McVay. Uh, put a little pixie dust on you that you were going to become the next Sean McVay. I saw the Bengals on Sunday and I saw the Rams on Monday. And to Key's point, that did not happen. Yeah, that wasn't quite Sean there, Mo. That was a little different. Last thing for you, Mo. I really appreciate you joining us. We're being joined by Mo Egger, one of our great hosts on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to get the first college football playoff rankings. And speaking of the number seven, the Bearcats sit there at number seven in the Associated Press poll. They have an 8-0 and record. Luke Fickle's done an unbelievable job. Some people are thinking this will be finally the year that a group of five team can break through to the playoffs since we're dealing with a season unlike any other. What's the expectation tonight in your mind for where the Bearcats should land in the initial rankings? Uh, I My guess is that tonight reflects what we've seen from the major polls, that they'll be seventh. Um, they're obviously not going to be in the top four. And I think there's reason for skepticism that a group of five school is ever going to be allowed into the college football playoff. Um, you know, people talk about UCF in 2017 and 2018. It's not like those seasons, they were fifth on the outside looking in, right? It's not like they were the last team. They, they really didn't even come close to making the top four. So I think because of that, there's always some sort of, you know, just skepticism that, that a group of five school is ever going to be allowed in. I, I, I think what's going to be interesting is to see what they do with BYU. BYU has obviously had a, a remarkable season. They're offensively unbelievable. Their schedule's not very good. And they have one common opponent with Cincinnati. It was Houston. BYU trailed the Cougars late in the third quarter. Cincinnati blew them out at Nippert Stadium. So I, I would imagine they're, they're holding steady at seventh. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, frankly, what this looks like if they do go undefeated. Um, they're going to win handily, I think, this weekend against Temple. They have uh, one more game after that against Tulsa, then obviously the American Athletic Conference Championship game. There have been some rumblings about maybe adding another game to this schedule, potentially playing BYU. What makes this season so interesting, as you guys know, is they could be at the end of this with an 11-0 record mm. and not get in because a team with an 8-0 record got in, or maybe even with a 7-0 record got in based on cancellations. I think that would be a very tough pill for Bearcat fans to, to swallow. But as of now, my guess is they're number seven. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with BYU. And if the Bearcats are trailing BYU after tonight, I think some fans are going to be pretty upset about that. Yeah. Totally yeah. understand that because BYU sitting behind them at eighth and also key in the top 20, Coastal Carolina and Marshall out of the group of five. Yeah, but nobody wants to see any of those small schools play. Think about a couple of years ago, UCF was undefeated. They had to proclaim their own national championship because nobody, you know, was like, nah. Yeah, we'll wait to see what happens tonight at 7 Eastern. Mo, have a great program this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys, thanks. Coastal Carolina taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide in the national championship. How would that go? <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think the number on that would be? 50 for the first half? <laughs>
Over under. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. I want to give a shout out to Grayson McCall, the Coastal Carolina quarterback, head coach Jamie Chadwell. They've done a great job, but you understand where Key's coming from, where I'm coming from. But a great season. They're 8-0. Marshall 7-0. Cincinnati's 8-0. We'll find out where it all lands tonight. I mean, look, think about the teams and the schools that you just named. And think about the ones that are in front of him. Do you want to see Clemson play any of them? Notre Dame play any of them. Notre Dame got a tough one against North Carolina this weekend, so that'll be a a doozy in itself. No question. Jay will join us here in just a moment. Let's go from A to Z and start with Jay's favorite sport, of course, the NBA. Can't wait to get Jay's thoughts on this. From A to Z, brought to you by Redbox. Redbox's new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Unhinged, starring Russell Crowe. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. So obviously there's been a lot of fallout after Clay Thompson's latest injury. His fellow Splash brother, Steph Curry, making a splash, weighing in with our Mark J. Spears of the Undefeated, talking about the latest ailment for Clay, a torn Achilles that's going to sideline him for this upcoming season, which begins in less than one month. Here's Steph with Mark on when he found out. To get that call was a gut punch for sure. Uh, A lot of tears, a lot of you don't really know what to say because a guy like that having to go through, you know, two pretty serious rehabs now. But at the end of the day, we have to have his back. Uh, we hope that, you know, he's around and he's uh, part of what we're going to do this year through his rehab and, and staying connected with us because he can't come back strong. He is that type of guy that loves the game so much that, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to get back out there on the floor and be himself. And that's what we hope, the confidence that we have. And this is, you know, two and a half years of, of rehab is, is tough for anybody. You know, we're hoping for the best. Jay, your words on Steph's words. Let me give you some addition here. One plus one does not equal two. Kelly Oubre plus Andrew Wiggins does not equal Clay Thompson. We are talking about this team, this backcourt being the best shooting backcourt in the history of the game. Clay Thompson, you could put him on the other team's best offensive player, and then offensively, you can expect him to drop 30 to 40 in spurts, and he's a dead eye shooter that allows Steph to have room to operate. Um, the, the game has lost one of the best we've ever seen to do it. Hopefully he can come back and be stronger, but I think it's going to be interesting to see if Steph can carry this team along with Kelly Uber and Andrew Wiggins. And from the NBA to the NFL, Key's sport of choice, Cam Newton channeling Bill Belichick. When asked if he wants to be a Patriot in 2021, we'll dig into this in just a second. Newton made his appearance, his weekly appearance, on the Greg Hill Show on our Boston affiliate WEEI and essentially was asked this, listen to the question and the response, and you'll get our drift. Do you have interest in being a Patriot in 2021? <laughs> Man, I have interest in, in, in winning the Arizona Cardinals game. How about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that, that I mean, I, I don't want to even harp or dwell or even think. I think my my... my as the Bible says, my cup is runneth over it, you know, with just trying to focus on, you know, this, the, the near future rather than the far future. All right. And before we get Key's thoughts, Cam may not be mastering the game plan from Bill Belichick, but he's mastering Bill's work at the mic. Surely you remember this. How difficult is it to react to the adversity of Monday night to get back on track so quickly? Because from a condition standpoint, 
this team, this organization hasn't had these sort of issues in the past. In the yeah, well, we're on to Cincinnati. Bill, do you think, you mentioned Tom's age at the draft. Um, we're on to Cincinnati. Well, do you think having a 37 year old? We're on to Cincinnati. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now, we're preparing for Cincinnati. Okay, is there, is, do you feel like the talent you have here is good? We're getting ready for Cincinnati. What is your response, Bill? Well, I mean, I'm just asking, do you think you've done enough to help Tom Brady? We're getting ready for Cincinnati. That's what we're doing. Mind you, they went ahead and won the Super Bowl that year. It's still funny six years later. Yeah, that was the end of the Pats. I believe that night it was a Monday night game. They got destroyed by the Chiefs, Prima Holmes. And we said that was the end of New England. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. It's still funny six years later. It's still great. No, it is. And when you go to a place like New England or you go to places where coaches have been there for a long time, you fall in line and you kind of take on their personality. And and that's what Cam is showing you. Like, I'm not even focused in on what's going to happen next September. I'm focused on what's going to happen this Sunday. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. And, Jay, I heard you clapping throughout that piece of audio. Did I catch that right? No, you did, Zubin, just because, you know, I remember that. And, I look, I want to see Cam succeed. I think both Kia and I are in the same car as it relates to that, right? Uh, the question is, though, well, well, <laughs> the, the question is, though, <laughs> as they continue to move along, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And I unfortunately feel like this will be the last time we will see Cam as a starter. I, I think Cam, I'm not sure it's going to work out with the Patriots long term. They're going to get through this season. I already look at this team as a, a team that is trying to rebuild. And Bill Belichick has had to make moves. I think he'll be with the, pro, the, the franchise for a long time. Um, but I don't see Cam having a long-term future with the Patriots. I see him being maybe a backup moving forward in his career or somebody that's in the rotation. Key, are you ready to go to those lengths? I'm not yet. Um, I think their playoff hopes are over. But I I, <clears throat> I think they're going to evaluate him based on the rest of the season to decide on whether or not they bring him back or extend an opportunity for him to come back, whether he becomes a starter or they draft a guy or they find another veteran guy that they might want to bring in. Um, I don't think that they've soured on Cam to the point where they wouldn't bring Cam back. I, I think Bill in the organization is smart enough to know that they don't have a whole lot of talent and a couple key pieces on their defense has opted out that they get those guys back. I think they look at that opposed to, okay, it's been a bad year. He's no good. Let's get rid of him. Let's go find another guy. I think they're smart enough to know what they have. They're sitting in the 11th spot, as you but said. Key, let me so ask you this, Key. Would you, would you bring him back, Key, if this were your team? Granted, you have a lot of pieces that were missing defensively, but seeing the way he's thrown the ball and understanding the way Bill Belichick likes to run their offensive sets and McDaniels and company, is he the quarterback that's going to answer those questions for you? Am I going to get him the necessary help? Am I going to help him? Am I going to get him some playmakers in free agency because I have some money to spend? Am I going to draft some quality guys that could help our offense? Um, I would have to look at that. I mean, because it's, it's, it's very easy to say, oh, he's had a bad year. Get rid of him. He's had an up and down year. He's had an up and down year, Jay, because he's been he had the COVID situation. He played well in a few games. He obviously have missed some targets, but he's also – Hit some targets. Jacoby Myers is it, Jacoby Myers is really the only receiver that's been consistent. Uh, Nikhil Harry, a guy they drafted a year ago out of at Arizona State in the first round, no, 
No, I'm ready to give up on him. Uh, you you look at where's Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman's been hurt. He's been out of the lineup. So you you start to kind of look at those things, and you say to yourself, I took on this as a staff and as an organization, knowing that this was not the same quarterback as Tom Brady. So our philosophy offensively was going to change. You're not going to find somebody out there that's going to duplicate what Tom Brady did for 20 years. It's just it's impossible to find. You're not going to find anybody that's going to run your offense the way he did for 20 years. So, you know, you've got to evaluate Cam and seeing what he's done for you the first half of the season and what he's capable of doing the second half of the season and into the offseason. That's the way you evaluate it because quarterbacks ain't just walking around, man. I mean, think about it. They're not just walking around. It's like seven-footers in basketball. So if you're seven feet tall, you're probably playing basketball somewhere, making some money, whether it's overseas or in the NBA. They're not just walking around. Hmm. One thing I would quickly... No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Key. It makes sense. I hear what you're saying, and it makes sense. I'm just saying when you, when you look at the numbers... For a guy that, and I understand that Cam's been through COVID, it's been an up and down year, and it's a roller coaster ride. It just, it just feels like the numbers, they're not good though. I mean, it's just four TDs in nine games, uh, you know, seven interceptions. The completion rate is, is one of the lowest he's had in his career. It just, it's tough, man. It's a tough call. And I feel for him because it's been up and down. And I feel how the expectations are so high with the Patriots organization. I just feel for Cam overall, man. I feel for him too. If that's the case, then they should just if 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 they're not evaluating him to see if he's going to be back next year, then go ahead and play the other dude. See what Jared Stenham is. See what Brian Hoyer is. You see him every day in practice. Clearly, they must see something that they don't like. Indeed, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance right now. The Pats sitting in the eleventh spot. The bottom line is, of course, the Panthers are never going to take him back. But there's a reason that 31 other teams spent months waiting to decide what to do with Cam. Could have snatched him up right away if you wanted to. And then there's that QB who was in New England. We'll talk about that next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.